Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We are the podcast that shares with you the best audition stories, horrors, disasters and nightmares and embarrassing moments that we get sent in from our listeners this week. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford, I am your host and each week I'm joined by a guest from the entertainment and showbiz world to read out those stories from our listeners' submissions and share with you a reminder that it's okay for things not to go your way. It's okay for things to cause your audition or your casting to derail if you're a performer. And if you're not a performer and you just like listening to these, then welcome. This week, my guest is so fun. I've had such a lovely time recording this tonight. It's Tim Mahendran from And Juliet in the West End. Uh, he's an absolute joy. If you don't already know Tim, check him out online. We'll put his links down in the episode description. And we shared some <laughs> absolutely bonkers stories this week. We hear about the process, the wonderful audition process behind Anne Juliet and the incredible team that made it feel so, so easy for the cast to audition. And we have a chat about biscuits at the very end of the show as well. It's a really fun time. Been a really hard week this week in Britain. We've just gone back into lockdown. I know we've got lots of listeners all over the globe. But yeah, that's where we are right now. So hopefully this episode can give you a lot of laughs, a bit of a giggle and lift you. And also, don't forget, we've got a whole 20 other episodes to listen to. If this is your first one, make sure you catch up and you binge those this week. If it's not your first episode and you haven't listened to them all, go back and listen to the ones you haven't because they hopefully will brighten your day and remind you when of a time when we all were able to go out and see live entertainment. And if you're missing it, hopefully we will fill that void. Make sure you tweet along as you're listening to the show. We are at Don't Call Us Pod on Twitter and take a screenshot of yourself listening to the show on your mobile device and share it on Instagram to your stories at Don't Call Us Pod. But we start the show as we do every week with the same question for our guests, and that is, what do auditions mean to you? How do they make you feel? That was very Louis Theroux, I know, but um, it's not very... <laughs> <laughs> um, It's a weird one, isn't it? Because auditions have so much gravitas, like the, the nature of them you're sort of going into a room to be judged. But actually, at the start, when I first came out of drama school, I was very aware of um, sort of the stakes of a uh, audition room. But as time has gone on, you sort of, you just, you get sweet, you relax and you just think, you know, you take me for, for who I am, really. And if you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. And I think, obviously... I think most people in our industry are perfectionists, to be honest, like to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> so you've got to be sort of, I, I very much am. So I've got to know that I'm going into a room at a certain standard. And I know that I could, you know, I, on the day, I know if I'm going to deliver or I'm not or whatever. So you just kind of got to put that stuff out of your mind and just think, I'm just going in this room to meet people, have a chat. And, um, not get this job <laughs> no 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 um and to you know see what happens yeah i, th I think that's the more and more we record this that the more it seems that, that as long as you go in and just almost take away any of the quote-unquote seriousness of an audition the more fun you'll mm. have doing the job that you know you can do and the you know the more your personality will come across obviously there's some auditions that require a little bit more focus and seriousness and you know presentation but if, yeah. if you're going in to meet people for the first time and it's the start of what could be quite a long process show them who you are and enjoy it and they'll want to work with yeah, you yeah yeah as well <laughs> you know yeah no 100 percent. i'm not here to say this is the way to do it but clearly the more people that are saying that it's it's clearly working because these people get jobs <laughs> yeah but it's that thing of like you know, nerves are good. Nerves are good. Nervous energy is good, you know, but if you let it take over your whole body, you're never going to perform to your full ability. You're never going to show them exactly what you can do. And um, that is part and parcel of the audition room. Like when you walk in and someone's really smiley and welcoming, that immediately eases you. You relax a bit. Um, and then, then when you're in that position, you think, all right, take out the stakes of the audition and just do the material, just deliver what you can deliver. Um, yeah, and that's it, have fun. Like, I try and make a joke early on in the audition room, try and make them laugh, not like a knock-knock joke, but like <laughs> something in the conversation, if you know what I mean. 
and um, <laughs> try and make them laugh and just like ease the room a little bit. Uh, if they don't laugh, it is a terrible, terrible error on my part. <laughs> Good afternoon, Tim. Right, there were these two nuns and a vicar, and then. You know... <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah thank you that's all we need to hear yeah today. but i haven't sung what <laughs> <No>. <laughs> see that that would always i always liked asking our auditionees whenever i was casting something to tell us a joke because it was like i've said before it's a nice like if they if they're worried about script or they find script a bit stressful asking them to tell us a joke proves their storytelling ability even if it's a two-liner or a three-liner it's fine yeah, yeah but yeah. i quite like that and i and i like that exactly as as you've said you know you show your personality make them laugh remind remind oh my god i can't even talk remember that they've been in there a long time and they've seen a lot of people yeah, throughout yeah. that day so if you can make people laugh at a panel and then absolutely smash it they can remember you yeah. in a good way in a yeah, really yeah. good way oh he was great well shouldn't have sung that but never mind we move on <laughs> yeah 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 he did that terrible joke there, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blacklist off. Is there any part of an audition process that you particularly really enjoy doing, whether it be a dance call, whether it be doing material from a potential show that you're doing, whether it be given a free choice of a song? Is there anything that really sticks out in your mind that you really like doing as part of the process? Um, I think I love a singing round. I do love it if vocally I'm feeling like, you know, if I'm feeling good, I'll look forward to it. I won't be, I won't thought, I won't think of it as a audition. I'll just think of it as like a performance, and I'll, I'll enjoy that bit. But consistently, I think the best thing is when you're sort of a couple of rounds in or whatever, and you're you're going in and you're doing a script, and you have got someone reading you, and then they start giving you notes, and you, you know, start working on stuff and they'll ask you to try this or try this or whatever, you know, and that is, um, that's a good part because then you start bringing different things and then they can see something in you and they go with it or whatever, you know, and th that's just like a creative process of just a couple of people in a room working together, trying to get the best outcome. Cause one thing that, um, Oh, Drew, Drew McConey said to me when I was, I think I was, must've been 14 or 15 years old or something. He said to me when we were, asked, we were talking about auditions, I remember this so clearly, but he always said to me that all those people in that room want you to do well. They really, they want yeah. you to get the part. They yeah, want yeah, yeah. an easy job. Bang, we found it. Um, and so with that, when, when you're working on a script with someone, they want you to do well, you know? So when you start getting the ball, you know, starting to roll or whatever, and then you're working with each other, you can feel it in the room. And that, that, I always find that eases me. And it's, um, yeah, that, I think that's probably my favourite thing, to be honest. It is really good when you have to read a scene with someone who's already in the room and you're not reading against mm. someone who's like it, on the same part of the process as you are because they've, they may have been doing it for the whole... Yes, all right, there's some readers that maybe could have looked over the script a little bit more. But it's always good yeah. when they're part of the team and part of the panel because like you said they're already prepared to help you they're already prepared to build you up as much as you can be built up and then if you're not right for it that's fine but yeah the yeah. more the more that we hammer home that every single person on an audition panel of any kind of audition panel wants you to do well because it makes their job easier it makes the, they don't have to go back in the yeah, next literally. day <laughs> they found you you're fine yeah, and no, the, the more exactly. we, <laughs> the more we remind yeah. people of that, I think that the better it's going to be when things start flowing again next year when everything's back to normal. Is that if we if we all go in remembering that, yeah, they they can't wait for you to be the best that you already are, so that they can finish their job, <laughs> they can finish yeah. their work, and the wine can flow. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. We had a really good response uh, of stories when people heard that you were on the show. And as a reminder, if this is your first episode listening to us, uh, every story has been sent in by someone who listens to the show, who auditions for something at some point in their life. They could be a professional actor, they could be musical theatre, they could be TV, comedian, anything. They've done auditions and they've told us their stories and we will anonymise them. So you won't know what production it is, and I'll and I'll I'll keep them keep them secret, so they don't have to admit it. But if you recognise the story, then you know nudge your friend and say, "Was this you?" Because <laughs> they'll just just go. Are you ready, Tim? 
I am ready. Let's have it. <laughs> oh, dear. Which one should we start with? Let's start with this one. I think this must have happened to a lot of people who left their house or their flat or their accommodation optimistic about the day, the weather, the surroundings. Oh, dear. This comes in from an actor. Um, and she says, I lived around the corner from one of my more regular frequented audition studios. This often meant I would leave the house with minimal stuff and just head straight there shortly before my audition time. One occasion, this bit me on the ass. It was a gorgeous summer's day and I was wearing a really nice yellow flowery summer dress as I was heading to meet some pals after my audition. I had my music in a folder in a small bag, but I was ready to sing and then head out. About 15 yards from the studio doors, in true British summer fashion, the heavens erupted. <laughs> It looked like something out of Sex in the City. I was absolutely properly drenched in like 30 seconds. I had to choose between <laughs> heading back home quickly and then in turn being late for my audition or going into the audition, I was already there, and looking rough and explaining what had happened. I had to choose the latter. I'm not one to be late. <laughs> I had no time to dry myself <laughs> off as of course my name was up first. I walked in and the panel were utterly bemused as they hadn't been outside all afternoon, so thought it was still blaringly sunny. And there's me belting my tits off with defiant gravity, looking like I should rather be singing Under the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea what they thought of me, as I ended my song with a curtsy, an apology, and I ran straight out, straight back to my flat to get dried and dressed. I was absolutely mortified. Needless to say, I didn't get called back. <laughs> the curtsy i love the curtsy <laughs> what can you do weather weather is gonna hit you what you i mean take a coat that's what you can do because it's the uk yeah you know it's not gonna stay sunny for more than five minutes but <laughs> no that must have happened to so that many people is, it has to and i think that's the best thing to do is own it the fact that she curtsied i love that like thank you i love that take it weather's weather do you know what i mean but We've had a few courtesies get sent in, but I like I like the fact that she obviously did that when she was dripping wet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine what she looked like. Bless her. Well, thank you for that story. Um, and I, uh, I bet they remembered you. Though. Yeah, not enough to call you back, but they remembered you nonetheless. So that was... well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, she looked she looked a mess, but the singing was also a mess. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has the weather ever caused you a problem turning up to an audition? Uh, do you know what? There's never been a time where, I, yeah, I can't remember. I don't think I have, to be honest. Um, I've had sort of wardrobe issues, but never, <laughs> uh -oh. I've never had like, I've never been caught in a storm like that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I can't. I remember wardrobe-wise, I was um, auditioning for uh, Mount View, which is where I went to college. And um, and I was like just this lad from a tiny little village in Gloucestershire. And, you know, I hadn't stepped foot in. I'd done like National Youth Music Theatre and everything, but, you know, dancing was just, it was never on the cards. Like I was either singing or playing rugby. And that was literally me growing up. And, um, and so when I went to Mount View, I obviously did the singing rounds and everything. And then I got recalled. And they said, you know, I think it's the second day of the recall. You're in like a, a day of sort of classes. Yeah. And so one of the classes was ballet. And, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ballet and Tim never went together until 2015. <laughs> and so I turn up at this ballet, ballet class. We're all lined up outside and everyone, like all the lads are in unitards all the girls in leotards like everyone's wearing all the gear they got ballet shoes everyone knows what they're doing and then i turn up in a rugby shirt and ripped rugby tracksuit bottoms and these <laughs> sort of like rough nike trainers and i'm the only one on. and i was like this is absolutely mortifying <laughs> yeah 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 let's scrum out yeah and um and uh, we're all lined up and someone comes out and says, like, oh, my guys, do you want to come on? Do you want to come on in? And I remember walking in and the head of dance, Aaron Francis, I remember him looking so shocked yet supportive. 
and he comes up to me and I'm thinking he's going to say, you know, get out or it's not, you know, not, maybe not today. Um, and he comes up and he was like, would you like to take your shoes and socks off for me? <laughs> and he was so gentle and so kind, <laughs> bless him. Because clearly he saw that I had absolutely no fucking idea what I was doing. Bless him. Uh, but you wouldn't because you haven't been in that situation before. So it's perfectly acceptable no. to turn up <laughs> yeah. in your full scrum half kit. And you'd be <laughs> yeah. He's like, right, everyone play. And I'm like, scrum, come on, me and you. <laughs> Oh, mate. Oh, dear. The thing is, I can visualise it. And and you know, because we've all been in those college or school auditions where you have to do a ballet class. Even if you can't do ballet, you still show what you can and can't do. But the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's very sweet. And I, I love it. it kind Humbling. Of, it Humbling. Kind of, <laughs> well, it kind of leads into this next story. And I, I was going to tell you this one a bit later in the episode, but I think I need to do it now. So we... we <laughs> Wardrobe malfunctions. That not that wasn't even a, a malfunction as much as a, a just a mis a misjudgment. I mm. the, a running theme with people sending stories into us is clearly a miscommunication between project, agent, and client and intern auditionee. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would have done, and I don't think I would have finished the call like this guy did. <laughs> well, you'll see. Right. He says, my agent booked me a casting for a new all-male show type thing. I still don't actually know 100% what it was, but it was not my usual style of theatre. As a six foot three sizable guy who admittedly can move pretty well dance-wise for my size and expecting it would be a regular dance routine as I wasn't told anything apart from male modern jazz, I went in full of confidence. It turned out to be a boylesque slash drag hybrid show audition that I certainly was not prepared for. I don't know how I was called in. <laughs> One part of it included a routine in heels. And when the choreographer told us to go and put them on, I just stood there with utter confusion on my face. I politely explained the situation, said I hadn't been told and certainly didn't have any of my own, and expressed my polite yet honest desire to leave, as I knew I wasn't right for the show. Well, they presented me with a pair of heels, he says, communal heels, and said for me to try my best. <laughs> 16 bars into the routine and I looked like a wannabe drag Hulk Bambi on ice. I fell over more times than I care to admit in this short routine. <laughs> Legs buckling at every opportunity. I could not walk in heels, let alone dance in them. It was as expected, not for me. <laughs> I cut my losses, took the heels off and handed them back mid-routine and left. I have no idea why I didn't get the info about the heels or what the audition was for, but I hope I gave them a laugh at least. I wished them well and left. I like their optimism that I'd been able to do it, but I definitely couldn't. <laughs> oh, bless me, man. What a man. What a legend. Oh, God. What? How do you not know? How does the how does the information not reach you that, yeah, you can dance and obviously they're looking for a certain look and, and quite, a, you know, quite a, a burly look as well to, you know, do that kind of show is great. But the fact that you'd have to dance in heels is so key to that audition. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that something's gone wrong in the old communications there. I don't know what I'd do. I, I, I've either two options. One, I would either go for it or two. I would just say, see ya, and walk out. <laughs> the thing is, he did both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, good on him, actually. What a, I, do you know what? That's um, he gave it. He gave person. it his all at the same time as you know. You just know that he would have been stood there going, "Where, where am I? Where? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this job should go to one of the other people in the room because they're very right for it. I'm not." <laughs> But also at six foot three, he's just put high heels on and got even taller, got even, taller. even more noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I love. Uh -huh. it. I was imagining them in a rugby kit, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness me! I don't. I don't think. I. I don't think I would have even put the shoes on. 
communal heels. I hope they'd been, you know, like yeah. if you go to a bowling rink, they'd been sprayed or they were at least out of a packet or something. Yeah, yeah. Goodness me. Yeah, no, I don't think... I would say I can just dance on my tiptoes if you want. Would that be easier? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then... Just go, I'm, I'm just... I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go because it's not right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's actually. I would actually. I think I would do that. I think say, guys, thank you for having me. Uh, what a lovely day it is. Um, everyone, give it your all. Uh, I'm off. I'm off to ring my agent and uh, <laughs> fire them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just gonna sashay away this way. All right, this this way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been caught out by part of an audition process? Uh, when you turned up and you weren't expecting to do something and then you got told to have to do it. what Has anything caught you off guard like that before? I think the biggest one is there's a, a pool of actors in which I'm included in, really. Um, <laughs> well, I'm comfortable in, let's say, that uh, when there's a movement call, it's very different to a dance call. Very different. <laughs> And so when you see movement call on the email or when you're on the phone, you think, brilliant, that's me. What, what a load of fun that's going to be. I'm looking forward to that. Then you get there and they're like, right, step, kick, kick, skip all of this stuff, pirouette um, and ending splits. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I think, what is a movement call? Because this is not movement. This is <laughs> ensemble, lane, erdang, dance class. And so I've had a couple of them where I remember I was auditioning for a show and it said movement call and I was like, brilliant, cool. And I did a couple of rounds before, get there, and it's an Ameri American choreographer and there, not, there was not one thing about that movement call that was a movement <laughs> call. Um, we actually started in an extremely deep second and uh, I don't recall any movement calls starting like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very much in the same boat as you, I think, in, in respect to this. I, I trained at uh, LSMT and there were two different parts of the year dance wise. You were in the red group, which was people who could dance and could really keep a routine going and who they'd push a little bit more. And then a blue group who were the movement callers. And I uh, started in red group, yeah. very swiftly moved my way down to blue group after they realised what they'd done. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, oh, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Absolutely fine. I, yeah. I think that's, that's it, I think. And certainly maybe after the, the pandemic, one would hope that when audition spaces are much more sought after as if they weren't already, maybe, maybe... Yeah using the phrase movement call a little more accurately will help everybody. Yeah. Because <laughs> if we've all been maybe, spending the last maybe. year in our pants playing FIFA on the sofa, we need to, we're going to need to stretch a lot more than normal. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, Tim, tell us of a time uh, where an audition sticks in your head, uh, where it didn't quite go the way that you were expecting. Do you know what? I've got a few. I have got this a few. This is why you're and on. It's not... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, looking back on them, they are funny. They are funny. Um, so I've got a few. So the first one was... Um, so I was in third year drama school. And, you know, you know what drama school's like. Very competitive. Everyone's competing with each other. Um, and there was open auditions for uh, Aladdin, cast change in the West End. And I was like, of course I'm going to go. Come on, let's get this. And we're all in third year and everyone's excited and stuff. And so like a big group of us from Mountview went to Pineapple Studios. We we all went there for, I think we got there for like 7 a.m. or half seven or something. And we were right at the front of the queue, like like so keen. Yeah, you know, you're still, so you're keen still to really out there. eager at that point. <laughs> Yeah, now, now I wouldn't even go to a lot of time. <laughs> I'll self-table nothing. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, and, um, yeah, so we all get there, we're in the queue and stuff, and um, and you start seeing all other drama schools all coming along, everyone's saying, oh, hey, how are you doing? Competition's rising. So um, for those open calls, you either said you're a singer or a dancer. Um Notice there weren't any movement callers. So I, I put down singing and that was me. Um, so the first one, I go into a room, 
sing a song. I sang um, Santa Fe from Newsies. I sang that and they said, all right, brilliant. If you'd like to just uh, go back to the waiting room. So I went back and um, people came up and said, oh, you, you know, you, you'll be going through to the next stage, which is a um, dance hall. I went, okay, cool, yeah. Went down, it was one of the smaller studios downstairs. It was very simple. I think it was just looking at like coordination. Um, did that and then they came up to me again and said, "The you'll be having another singing round if that's okay for different people. So I went in the room and there was a massive, big queue all outside the door. And that's daunting already because you know that they're going to hear everything, everything. And you can hear people before you and whatever, but that's usually the case. And so... I get in there, I sing Santa Fe, and they're like, right, great. And then the worst thing that could ever happen in a single audition happens. They go, let's do some scales. Oh, so immediately I'm no. thinking, thinking if I jump out of that window, will I survive the fall, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, right, here we go. So we do some scales. It's going, it's going well. It's going well. And the difference is now, knowing what I know now and what I've learned, I would get to a point where I sound good and then I would say, and it's still pretty high, I would say, that's my limit. But when you're a graduate in third year, you will go until your head falls off. <laughs> so doing the scales is fine. They can obviously hear that I'm about to give myself seven nodules and they go, okay, let's stop. And then uh, the MD goes, I'm just going to press a note and just sing it back to me on an R. And I was like, all right. So going up and up and up and up. And I'm thinking in my head, something bad is going to happen. They're not going to come out anymore. They're not going to come out. And he got to like a B. And <laughs> he hammered it down. And I just went for it. And it was the biggest crack I've <laughs> ever heard in my life, right? And you know what dance studios are like. They're, they're, the acoustics are amazing. So it's all this crack is around all the walls, and it goes silent. <laughs> and um, the director was like, "Okay, yeah, I, I actually think that's everything for today. Um, but thank you so much." And I was like, uh, uh, "Okay, yeah, thanks, thank you." Mortified, I was like, my face was so red. And as I opened the door, I could see that everyone lined up heard it, <laughs> and everyone. You know when you're trying to hold in like a laugh when you're at school and you're not allowed to laugh or smile or anything? Everyone was doing that and it just went silent. And then I just went, well, fuck that, didn't I? And then everyone started laughing because they could all register that they're allowed to laugh about it now. Um, oh, mate. But, uh, yeah, that was that was an early one to kick me off into the uh, in the industry. It's the curse, yeah. the curse of the male baritone voice, the the high baritone, yeah. but not quite tenor. We've all been there, yeah. and we can all hear that <laughs> echo. And the thing is, if you're going to do that after any material or after any songs, that means the audition is gonna end on failure because <laughs> you're gonna get yeah, yeah. so high. You, exactly. you know, for for me, like the top, my top is like a kind of. It's a B flat on a good day. Like, oh, it certainly used to be. It's a bit lower right. now because <laughs> I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I, I just, you're absolutely right. You can, you can hear that crack and you can see every single one of those faces outside just kind of going, look at your feet, look at your feet, look at your feet. We didn't hear, we didn't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, hear what? Yeah. Hear what? You were cracking. Yeah. Oh, I mean, good. Uh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But at that least, at least. They... But I would be doing the same. Yeah, yeah, on oh, no. openly laughing, just openly laughing. Yeah. Because you're right, everyone's everyone's going to be in the same place. And I think something you said there is a really good thing to kind of grasp onto. It's okay to say that's my limit. It's okay for you to be honest and go, I know, yeah, yeah. even if it's that day, I'm not going to get anything more than that. And if I do, it isn't going to sound good. And yeah. that's what you're going to remember. So it's okay to be honest and it's okay yeah, yeah. to say, stop. <laughs> yeah and you know like you know you more than anyone else so it's Absolutely. the same in the dance school whatever and they're saying bring out all the tricks and you know that once in year eight gymnastics she pulled out a head spring it's that that's my trick <laughs> yeah that's a good trick the little magic one <laughs> i do it while i'm back flipping as well i realize this is oh, an right, audio sick. podcast and i just did a very visual gag but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one though i appreciate yeah. it but what was it who'll know <laughs> <laughs> oh dear i think vo vocally 
knowing what you're comfortable with on the day is, you know, we've got loads of people who listen to this who don't audition for anything. And we've got loads of people who do lots of auditions and in turn, lots of people who do musical auditions. So obviously, we you know, we talk a lot about musical auditions and, and vocal calls and things. But when it comes to that, and even if it's, you know, an accent or shouting, know what you're absolutely comfortable with and be fi- like feel really strong in yourself to go that's what I can do and that's what I can do really well if you really know that you can't push it or even have a slight inkling just be honest and go I'll give it a go we'll see how it goes and then that's fine because if it doesn't happen you're not making excuses which obviously you know shouldn't make excuses before you do it but you're being honest you know you're still saying yeah might not work I'm going to see how it goes and that's fine yeah yeah absolutely but also what like what happens is Obviously, with music theatre, there's usually a money note, you know, whether it's at the end of the song and it's building up to it, whatever. There's usually a big note. And like you said, you've got to give what you can on the day. And I was watching, I don't know if you saw, over the first lockdown, there's a thing called Masterclass, where there was all these different people, and it was absolutely amazing. And I watched the Christina Aguilera one. And she then said she was saying about how you put so much gravitas on this one big note and that's what everyone's waiting for. And that's what you've got to nail. And that's so true. But she said, I always make sure that the note just before that is perfect. She said, I worry about that note. And then the big note comes out after. And I then tried it a few times and it works because you're not, your mind isn't, you know, sometimes if you overshoot it, you go a bit sharp and you bring it back or whatever, or, you don't hit the note clean or whatever your mind is elsewhere you're thinking about that note just before and then the other one comes naturally i love that um, i've never heard that that's a good audition too. yeah i really like that and those and those masterclass uh, episodes are fantastic there's loads and loads and loads of them it's it's well worth checking yeah, yeah. out I mean, i'll put some i'll put some links to to the the project in in the episode description so if anyone fancies looking at it i'll i'll find that one and i'll put it in the episode description for you that's that's a great mm. tip. I've not heard that before. Yeah, because I now don't go higher than a D, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh mate, yeah. I so I host not not at the moment. I host at Piano Works and in Sing Easy, so the sing along bar. Mm. Um, but obviously that's all request based. So uh, often I'm one of the only guys um, paired with a, a female host, so we can you know cover a lot of material. But a lot of One Direction gets requested, and you know, <laughs> really, I, a pop tenor. I am not Tim. Oh goodness me! <laughs> you start and you think, yeah, this will be all right. And then you're like, maybe a lot of my. Oh god! Yeah. Got... <laughs> and I just yeah. look at the pianist and go, can you hit the transpose button as we go into the next verse down, please? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep going. Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. We did a song once, and I can't, God, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, it was late at night. It was late at night. Everyone was was enjoying themselves on a Saturday night, shall we say. It was like close to one o'clock, and I I can't remember what it was, but my voice was giving out. You know when you can just feel it giving out? And I I just said to to whoever was on, on piano at the time, please we're gonna have like started whatever song it was and because i don't know what songs they are until we get requested we just have to kind of go for it the best way to learn material is not know any of the material that you get asked to see <laughs> it was something yeah, it, I maybe it was bruno mars something that i could do any day of the week normally <laughs> but at the end of a very long week a very long week of gigs i was yeah, just yeah, dying yeah. on my ass <clears throat> and he, he pressed the, he pressed the transpose down a semitone button basically every other verse so we just kept getting lower and lower and lower (laughs) (laughs) by the end of it i was like thank you very much that's very kind (laughs) oh god perfect oh god but yeah i i completely feel you for that for the 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 crack we said this before as well one of the biggest tips that i was given when i trained was sound yourself out in the room that you're in and i don't even mean singing like just saying hello and introducing yourself hear the acoustic they're all mm, concrete yeah. studios they've all got brickwork and leaky pipes coming down but it's you know <laughs> th- these 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 rooms that you're going into it might be a church hall or a social club or something they're all going to sound different and your voice is going to carry differently in that room and that might affect yeah, how yeah. you place it that might affect the, the 
excuse me, that might affect the power that you give it. It's just little tiny things. Allowing yourself to to hear how your voice resonates in that room and how it bounces off acoustically, it that it will just help. Even if you just say, hello, how are you? Nice and confidently use that second and then crack anyway. So it's fine. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see you've come to audition for the part of Kevin and Perry. <laughs> That's a dated (laughs) reference there, goodness me. Hello, Christopher here. Just a note to say if you have a story that you want to share with us, we really want as many people this week to get involved with the show and send us in your audition stories, whether it turned into a nightmare, whether you did something which embarrassed yourself and you ran out like you'll hear many times in today's episode, or it's one of those audition days or processes that stuck in your mind for something that just didn't land we want to hear about it email us at don't call us pod at gmail.com that's don't call us pod at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter or instagram at don't call us pod and slide into our dms every story is anonymized we're not going to tell people who you are unless you absolutely want us to no one's done that yet but we want you to get involved with the show also if you just want to email us and tell us where you're listening from that's great come and say hello but Get those stories into us. We've got loads of guests to record in over the next couple of weeks from the world of TV, Broadway, West End, movies and beyond. So get involved. Don't call us pod at gmail.com and email us your hilarious audition tales. But for now, back to Tim. I I can completely appreciate this. Now, she, she admits to not being the most professional... In, in a certain time of, of her audition career. So um, at least she, she knows what she did wrong. So here we go. This actor says, I was in a good run of auditions. I was being seen for lots of shows, fringe runs and off West End shows one year. But crucially, I wasn't landing any of the roles. Not that that's an issue. That's part of our job. But if truth be told, I'd fallen into a bit of a rut and it became a process of just turning up and muscle memory kicking in and not really connecting with my material anymore and just singing my song, thanking the panel and saying my goodbyes. Not my finest hour and certainly not how I am now. But I was young and it was one particular day that reminded me to focus on each audition as a separate thing and not just float through them aimlessly. I went into a well-known fringe venue with a cold, damp studio space for a call of a musical revival for that Christmas season. Like I said, I'd let muscle memory kick in, so I got out an old faithful, which was Paul Wandering One from Pirates of Penzance, and set to work performing it for the very lovely, very kind and really polite panel. I started my song and to be honest I just phoned it in. I knew my performance would sound good, it's one of my favourite songs to sing, so off I went throwing in some drama arms and performing to the panel with a smile. However, in the Take Heart section of the song, I noticed something in front of me on the floor. It caught the corner of my eye. A spider that was honestly the size of a tennis ball had started making its way towards me slowly. This threw me off almost instantly as I'm absolutely petrified of spiders. It started coming towards me faster and faster, and try as I might, I couldn't focus on the song like I thought I'd be able to. I think I ended up singing, Take ha 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 ha! <laughs> <laughs> the panel snapped up and looked at me. The pianist stopped, and I stamped as hard as I could on this horror creature as fast as my foot would let me. <laughs> I froze and stopped singing. <sighs> and suddenly realised what I'd done. I locked eyes with the panel, apologised, and blurted out something about being arachnophobic, and ran out, leaving my sheet music and my folder on the piano. I was so embarrassed. (laughs) Obviously, I didn't get the gig. (laughs) But (laughs) But it proved to myself that I should concentrate more on each audition and my performance, not on the spiders on the floor. Oh, God. Well played, though. Oh, dear. That like... is horrid. If you're <laughs> that's horrifying. That's horrifying. I'd be gone. I'd be, I'd be done. Yeah. The thing is, I'm absolutely petrified of, spy- uh, of snakes, as in, like, absolutely petrified. So if, if a snake came towards me, I would be gone. <laughs> I wouldn't even stamp. I would 
I would just leave genuinely. Um, <laughs> God, that is so. I can just, I can just imagine now hard. going into Southwark Playhouse for an audition and it's, ah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm out. I'm out. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm off. I'm off. Damn no, those elephant and castle no snakes! No way. <laughs> I, hey, I used I used to live off Walworth Road. I'm sure I've seen a snake or two down there. Goodness me! And that's not as grim as that sounds. <laughs> oh dear me! <laughs> oh dear! That's I mean, credit to her for admitting how badly she'd fallen into that kind of mindset of well, I'm not going to get it anyway, so I'll just do nothing and and off I go. But yeah, the timing yeah. of that, <laughs> and she wrote it, ha, ah, 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 and then say, ah. So I, I hope I performed your story well. <laughs> Let's do it up the altar. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Oh, dear. You left your folder there as well. Like, you, you run out without thinking. Because I know, clearly, that's the annoying thing. You left your portfolio there. That's why I save everything on a PDF. You've got it if you need to print it. But, oh, God. Well, nor to yeah. you for falling into that. That <laughs> that self-inflicted divot of com- complacency, and then good for you for recognizing that that isn't the way to do it. And I'm sorry it took a spider yeah. charging at you in the middle of a studio to, to make you realize. <laughs> to realize, oh, yeah. Dear. Yeah. Well played. Well played. Give me another one of yours. Uh, there was a time where I had loads of auditions. And I was auditioning for three... There was one day where I had three auditions. And one was at the Umbrella Rooms. One was at um, the Jerwood space. And then one was at the National. So, And I was rehearsing for something at the Union. Okay. Oh, I was, I was rehearsing for Spring Awakening. I was rehearsing for Spring Awakening at the Union Theatre. So all of them aren't that far away from the Union Theatre. Yeah, right, that's a pretty good journey pretty of, of, you know, the the Umbrella Rooms, I suppose, is the furthest one, but the rest of them within a five, ten minute walk of yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. So we planned that the um, the the Umbrella Rooms was going to be the first one. Get that done. They managed to schedule that. Did that. Then I went over to the National and then uh, finished at the Jerwood Spaces. That's like next door to the Union. And um, so I went to... Umbrella Rooms. I was auditioning for a show that a TV show that had a lot of intimacy in, and uh, it was a strange audition. I had a a bucket on my head and was having quotation marks sexual intercourse with a chair. Um, so it was <laughs> it was a strange audition to have first thing in the morning. Um, so then I leave that and I think right that's fine. I then head over to the National to audition for. A very, very different show, uh, a musical that got put on there. And um, I do that, and it was quite a good audition. I was like, cool. And then I had, this was the smallest window. I had about two minutes to get to the German space. So I rang my agent at the time, and I said, you know, I've got, I've got two minutes to be there. Is there any way you can ring ahead and just say, I'm probably going to be about 10 minutes late? I said, I'll, I'll step on it, but I am probably going to be 10 minutes late. And she went, yeah, that's fine, blah, blah, blah. So I get there, and I'm all hot and flustered because I literally ran. Um, and I get to the desk of the Jerwood space. I was like, oh, hi, I'm Tim Mahendran. I'm here to audition for The Midnight Gang at Chichester Festival Theatre, which I actually ended up doing. So it didn't cost me the gig, thankfully. Good, good, and good. And so they're like, oh, it's fine, don't worry. You've got time, you've got time. You're in Studio 6, I think it was. And they said, if you just want to head up, um, someone you, you, they'll see you there. And I was like, okay, great. So I head upstairs, panicked a bit. I'm, you know, I'm not panicking anymore. Um, sort of wiping the sweat away. And uh, so I get up to Studio Six, and there's no chairs or anything like that. And there's just a sign on the door saying the Midnight Gang Chichester Festival Theatre. And I knew Verity Norton, the cast director, because she cast me in spring awakening and um jen white who's a musical director i'd worked with her drama school so i knew the panel so i knew that it was going to be a good audition a fun audition like a personal one and so i'm thinking well maybe they just want me to go in because i'm a little bit late anyway so they're probably all waiting for me in there i can't see anyone around no one's here to ask so i was like fine i'll just go in and i knew them and so i 
pushed open a door. I went, guess who's here? And someone was in the middle of their audition. And I just missed the chairs to the right of the door to sit and wait. So I went, guess who's here? And I'd never met the uh, director, actually. Because um, it was just a singing round. So I just got told that it would be MD in the class director. So I went, guess who's here? And um, Jen's behind the piano. She went, oh, Tim, can you give us five minutes? I looked at this guy who was reading through a script and I was like, oh my God. So I went back out, sat back on the chairs. I was like, I cannot believe I've just done that. The guy came out and I went, I'm so sorry. I, I, I thought they were waiting for me. I'm really sorry. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. He's fine. And there's like, um, they've asked if you can go in. And I was like, okay. So I walk in with like my tail between my legs and I'm like, hello everyone. And um, the director who I'd never met went, look who's here. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this is a write-off. But actually, um, thankfully, they saw the funny side of it. That's it. I would have gone back in but, as yeah. you and just done the same thing again. <laughs> or, got, or got the other guy to go in instead of you and say, guess, yeah, who's, guess who's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh Tim that's that's brilliant because the thing is I could I can feel that that burn that you would have just sat there going oh my god 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 <laughs> just what yeah. have I done so I can't believe I've just done that <laughs> but you got the job yeah. so that's good so if anyone would like to secure work in the future the walk into your audition five minutes before you meant to and just say guess it <laughs> Yeah, but turn up late first. Yeah, turn up late. Be late. Yeah, Interrupt yeah, yeah. the lovely person before you. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Tell us about your Anne Juliet audition process. Is there a part of it that you really enjoyed doing? Do, obviously, the material's great to sing, um, and it's a great show to do. But talk me through the audition process. Uh, what were the parts of it that you really enjoyed? What were the parts of it that you felt like you absolutely, obviously you smashed it, you got the job. But <laughs> um, do you know what? The whole process of Anne Juliet was, um, was so, uh, was interesting because I did a two week workshop way before casting happened. And um, yeah, I didn't think it was for me. I couldn't get like the humor of it. And, you know, it was, everything is sort of, at the higher register just sits up there. So I was like, I don't think it's for me. So I finished a two week workshop and I called my agent at the time and I said, yeah, I don't think that's for me. Uh, when it comes about, you know, don't, don't worry. And then, um, then it started to get sort of auditions were opening and stuff. And there was, I think there was some confusion or something cause they emailed saying we're looking elsewhere or something. And then they actually turned around that same day and said, actually, we really want to see Tim. And so, I didn't have like a conventional first audition. I sort of went and met um, Stuart, lovely, lovely Stuart Burt and the amazing Luke Shepherd. And they're in a room and I sort of just went in and sang, I think I sang Kiss the Girl and um, no, no, I didn't. No, I sang Confident. I sang Confident. And, um, and they're like, cool, great. Yeah, well, we'll just tell you about sort of the next stages and stuff like that. And... So then I went to the Lyric Hammersmith and I had to do a dance round with uh, our choreographer, Jen Weber, Olivier nominated Jen Weber. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, yeah, and then there was an, it was the dance routine to Can't Stop the Feeling and it was all character based and everything. And in that dance call was everyone that was recalled to play either Romeo, Francois or May. And um, there were some amazing people, like absolutely incredible people in there. And uh, and so after that, then we did a, what was it? We did, oh, we did a script work. So I went upstairs and there was um, David West Reed who wrote it and um, Bill Sherman, um, Dom Falacaro, who the music team and Luke was there as well, I was sure, Bert and everything. And it was a few, quite a few people and we just worked on a script and stuff. And I thought, I thought I'd fluffed it then because they were like, you try this and this and this and this, and it wasn't coming across as funny. Well, I didn't think it was. And so I came out and I thought, okay, maybe that's where the... Well, no, and then I had to sing a song, and that was Kiss a Girl. And I thought, okay, maybe this is where the journey ends on this, sh on this show. And then I then got the call saying they want to see you, and this was the final round. 
And so this was, I was rehearsing the Midnight Gang at the time and I felt under the weather. But yeah, I felt under the weather. I didn't feel well. My throat was a bit rubbish. We were rehearsing like, I think it was October or November or something. And um, so I wasn't 100%. So, and then I was a bit nervous. So I go and it was at the Dominion Theatre, the big studio at the top, which I don't know if you've ever been in there, but it is enormous. Yeah. Like absolutely enormous. He's a big boy, that studio. And so um, I go up the stairs and I was sort of 15 minutes early. And as I get there, they go, you can actually go now if you want. Should we get you done now? Do you want to go now? And I was sort of like, "Um, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And um, as I walked in the room, like all the sort of projects I'd done had been sort of cast by a few people. I'd never walked in the room with this many people. Um, and everyone was sat in a big V and it had Max Martin and all of his entourage. It had Tim Heddington, who's a producer. It had um, uh, someone was on the piano and it had just all the team. And there was a lot of people in the room. And I thought, okay, this is, this is big. This is big. And so in my head, I'm thinking, right, put the illness out your head, put the nerves out your head. I said, you got, as I was walking in the room, I was like, You've got to pull this out of the bag. You've got to pull this out of the bag. And so I put my bottle of water down, which looked like it was in the middle of nowhere because it was so big, this room. (laughs) (laughs) Put my bottle of water down. And as I put it down, then just immediately kicked it with my left foot across the room. So it was just rolling slowly across this room. Everyone's just looking at this water bottle, just traveling across the room. And I was like, right, put that out your head. It doesn't matter. And, um, and yeah, so, and that was like, I thought it was so daunting, but it was the warmest audition room I've ever been in. It was absolutely incredible. And Stuart Burt, who cast, who is just, the, just the nicest guy and the most incredibly talented person, you know, he sort of took control of it um, and said, okay, can we do this scene now, this scene? And I had to sing Kiss the Girl, Confident, and do a couple of scenes. And and I came out, and I was like, that's the best audition I've ever done, because it was so warm and welcoming in the room. Yeah. Um, and then it got me really... Obviously, when I got offered the job, I was then really, really excited for it, because I knew what, you know, I knew what this whole team was like. Yeah. Um. And Max Martin specifically, you know, he, his music crafted sort of my childhood. Like when I was growing up, I was listening to all of his songs. You know, I was on the school yeah. bus listening to Katy Perry, Hot and Cold all the time. Telling and, people you were listening to Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Got Blink-182 yeah. sick, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, exactly. Um, so it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a special audition and, um, it obviously personally is a very special show to me. Um, I, but the best moment, I think the best moment has to be, I went in the final round, I went for a choice, a strong choice in the middle of a song. Um, it was, I kissed a girl, it goes, I kissed a girl and I liked it. I liked it, that bit. Um, and I did like a, just a bit of a surprise acting in between the first and second. I liked it. Um, I'd never done it before. Even when I was going through the material, it never crossed my mind, but in the moment it crossed my mind. And as I did it, I thought, shit, this could flop. And thankfully um, they all found it hilarious. And that was, a, <laughs> that was like a small win. I thought, okay, thank the Lord. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that was the um, from start to finish the audition process. It can it can be so intimidating when you walk into a room. Espe- I mean, obviously, if you're at the finals for a, a big new show like this, there's going to be a lot of people. But if you've not been in a situation like that and you've kind of settled mm. into a certain show's process or a certain TV project's process or whatever, and there's been like four or five, and you walk in and there's like twelve or eighty, it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot, and it can throw you. So yeah. Especially if you turn up and you think you've got some time yeah. to chill out and relax, and they go now. It's um, it's it's good. I think you handled that really well. But also, it's that thing of you just go for it. 
Yeah, you do just go for it. And and like we said at the very start, they're there because they want you to be there and they want you to do really well. And they clearly like you and they clearly enjoy mm. your presence. So just do what you do. And then at that by that point, you're either right for it or you're not. It's nothing personal. And clearly yeah, you were yeah, right yeah. for it. So that was great. Yeah. Oh, what a great story. And that's why I thought I'd ask you about it because... I know that there's a lot of people that heard you coming on. And I think they'd be really interested to hear, you know, much much like we did when we had Heber on, the process of actually nailing an audition for a show of that ilk, of that that size. You know, just when David spoke about his Kinky Boots audition as well, it's such it's such a, a look behind the audition room that you don't normally get to hear. And yes, we laugh on this show and we normalise the stressful bits when things don't go right. But it's so good to hear when those audition processes are so lovely. And you use that word warm. It's such a a lovely description of a really Mm. enjoyable audition is when you just feel that that love for you and your talent and your skills just radiate from the panel and they sit there with smiles and and just are so lovely. And, And again, all the people you've named are particularly good people. Um, yeah you know so it's um we'll have to get maybe we'll get Stuart on the show maybe you we'll should no you absolutely should you should get Stuart on the show because he'd be amazing and he's done some incredible things um I think the thing is right that auditioning is it's natural and it's unnatural you know yeah. as humans we judge everything in life you know um but to stand and be judged is very unnatural it's very strange and so you know, I've heard horror stories of people sort of having the scariest experience, like in a really cold, horrible room. And I've never had that. But I would just, I would love those sort of, if they're cast directors or whatever, whatever, and they don't sort of express their warmth when an actor comes in, they're obviously wanting everyone to be good because they want their job done and they want the best outcome for whatever show they're casting or directing or producing or whatever. I would always implore those people to be so supportive and warm, just in the welcome, because yeah. that eases an actor immediately and will allow them to give their best work, you know? Yeah. Um, because when we're under pressure or we're doubting, you then doubt what you're doing, and then you'll become like a closed book and you, you know won't be making some of the choices that you necessarily would have and would have paid off, you know? Yeah. And I think more now, I think now more than ever, obviously we're in a bit of a break again at the moment, but when in-person auditions get back to the regularity that they were before all of this, we're going to be putting even more pressure than normal on ourselves when we do get those opportunities that are going to be quite rare for the first year or so but when we get those opportunities and it might be a year down the line for some people to not let ourselves panic and that's exactly why we're doing this show is to remind us that it's all right and it's okay and you can still go into those moments and the panel will want to meet you so much more than they already did because they haven't they won't have been in the room like that for so long and I can't wait for for people who, yeah. you know, all the, all the twenty twenty grads who've never done an in person audition yet. That's a that's going to be a big milestone yeah. of their fledgling careers now. And it still might be another six months into next year that they have that opportunity. But that's fine. But don't let it eat into your head because, like Tim has said so so many times in this episode, they want you to do as good as you can. They want you to be as good as you are, uh, as good as you are able. And they want to be there with you to watch it as well. So, yeah, hearing about that process was, and, and, and the Anne Juliet audition kind of journey, uh, that sounds like such a joy to be part of. An Olivier-nominated and winning show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So before we let you go, we like to find uh, our guests' audition additions. If there was one thing that you could add to the audition process that would make it more enjoyable for the actors, more enjoyable for the team. It can be serious. It can be silly. What, Tim, would be your audition addition? A cup of tea and a chat. Cup of tea and a chat. I like to it. To start with, because that takes away all, all nerves, everything like that. Just chat as people, because that's what humans do. Just talk, and then you get into it in a bit. 
That's what I would do. I think that's it. It's breaking breaking the barriers of we're just normal people. We are normal people looking for yeah. normal people to do this show that happen to be able to act really well or do this particular accent or sing like this or act in this type of you know historical character. So that's a really that's a really nice yeah. and so, it's such a simple thing. We've had you know jokes said before. We've had. Um, Back in episode uh, two or three, Alex said that a panic button would be good. So when you both know it's not going your way, you can hit it and just go, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> so the guy with the heels needed that one. one. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think that should come with a caveat that you have a massive, ah, ah, right, oh, he's pressed it, he's off, he's gone. No one thinks any yeah, less of you, yeah, yeah. but you're both going to cut your losses, <laughs> say, see you later. But just a simple cup of tea, a biscuit and a chat. How was your day? How are you doing? Yeah brilliant yeah now let me ask you a question though with that you said you added you had a biscuit in there right you said cup of tea and a biscuit yeah. what would be your biscuit of choice now i shouldn't eat any of them because i'm dairy free but sod it it's 2020 things can't get much worse um i exactly have a block of cheese there are a... <laughs> oh dear me they <laughs> in this last couple of weeks mcvitties have brought out something which is the king of biscuits and has shot Goodness. straight to my number one. It would either be right. a Viennese jam and cream sandwich uh, finger biscuit, which are really nice. Lots right. of vanilla, nice raspberry jam, nice little bit of shortcake. Nice. Really nice. Or McVitie's now do a chocolate digestive cream. They're about the size of an Oreo. It's two digestive biscuits sandwiching like a chocolate mushy cream. It's a bit more... It's a it's a bit looser than just chocolate, but it's not as firm as like a nougat or something. It's just it's amazing. Oh, wow. And they are brilliant. And that would be chocolate and you know, OT biscuit, not so great for before you sing. But they're worth True. it. They're worth it. They don't dunk very well, but that's fine. Well, there you go. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. What's your what's your biscuit of choice? I love it. I I love a chocolate digestive yes. McVitie's. I yes. think they're elite. I think they're brilliant. They're simple. They're effective. They're great. Um, I'm also partial to a custard cream, if I'm honest. A custard cream. A custard cream is so often overlooked yeah. for a decent biscuit. It I will, is. Uh, it you, is, and you, it infuriates me. If you like a custard cream, the the blonde Oreos, the, like the just normal biscuits, they're like basically Oreos oh, version yeah. of custard creams. They're brilliant. Vanilla cream, oh. Oreo, I don't know. They're, they're, they're like normal, they look like normal biscuits. They didn't have to be. Yeah, right. I know the ones you're talking they're about. They're great. Yeah. They, are, they are well worth a look if you like a custard cream. This is how I think we should end all of our podcast records, just biscuit chat. <laughs> you could be, you could be, you could be my first guest on my new show, Biscuit Chat with Bartlett Walford. Perfect. I'm there. And that was this week's brilliant episode of Don't Call Us. We'll call you with Tim Mahendran from and Juliet in the West End. An absolute joy to chat this bonfire night. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you could hear any fireworks in the background because they were going off quite consistently by end. <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> Outside the window where I record in my son's nursery, they were going off quite a lot. It's been a really rough week for everybody, like I said, so hopefully we've been able to give you a bit of a lift. If you have enjoyed our podcast this week or any of the other weeks, then please do consider popping onto the Apple Podcast Store if you listen there, giving us a five-star review and giving us a little few words of review as well. It genuinely helps people find our show who've never heard us before. Um, we've got some really exciting guests, uh, I won't spoil, coming up over the next couple of weeks from the worlds of comedy, Broadway, movies, TV, Impressionism and beyond. I can't wait to share the show with you, but please do, please do catch up with all of the episodes that we've got so far, um, all the way back to episode one, two, three, four, five, all the way through. There's loads that you might have missed, so please do listen to them and share the show around. It means an absolute loads to myself and our co-producer, John Webb. If you share the show to new people, we've got loads of new people finding us every week and getting involved, and that's exactly why we make the show. We're building this really cool community of people that really enjoy it and also contribute every single week. So thank you so much. If you have emailed us or you have tweeted us or shared us, please tell new people. It's a rough time in America this week as well. <laughs> Who knows? By the time you listen to this, we still might not know who's won. <laughs> So if we can take your mind off things for an hour or so every week, then that's absolutely brilliant. 
we will see you next Friday for another episode. Uh, we're going to do another few with a few guests, and then we're going to take a little break and do some kind of best of. So keep your eyes out for that. But next week, we've got a brand new guest for you, and we will speak to you soon. But for now, uh, from myself and Tim and our co-producer, John, thank you for listening. We hope you've had a good time. And remember, keep yourself safe. If you're in the UK, stay indoors, wear your mask, wash your hands, and we will see you soon. And remember, don't call us. We'll call you. Bye-bye.